This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like this. You're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. We reached a milestone, nerds. It's episode 10 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast. It's been 10 weeks of shoveling drugs and alcohol into the engine of this nerdy rocket ship to fame. Sweet, sweet alcohol. Looking back, would you do it all again, DJ? That is not my name. Of course it is. It's my boy, Dainty Joe. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not slapping interns for bringing me substandard barbiturates, I'm writing about and appraising comics for WordPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick. I'm not reading what you wrote. Manager of Legend Comics you in Omaha, Nebraska. Big crybaby. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Oh, so great, too. I'm Dainty Joe Patrick, manager of Legend Comics. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not writing about how Matt doesn't make me feel wanted or pretty anymore, I'm the artist and co-creator. Come on, that's great stuff. The fans love this. I have my own comic. It's called Good Plus Online. I also manage Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. That's our dainty Joe. Welcome to a special news edition of the Two-Headed Nerd. With everything happening in Hollywood and C2E2 in Chicago this weekend, we decided to cut our reviews of Zombie Number 1 and Night and Squire Number 6 and concentrate on the headlines. Both of our reviews will be available in blog form on TwoHeadedNerd.com as a part of our We Just Figured Out How to Post a Blog initiative. (laughs) It's more complicated than you'd think. We're still going to charge into the lightning round slightly more prepared than last week, talk about some of next week's comics, and of course answer some of your nerdy questions. But first, let's talk about all of this week's big news! In Hollywood news, all kinds of casting confirmations this week. Kevin Costner is officially in as Pa Kent, opposite Diane Lane as Ma Kent in the upcoming Superman movie. Joe, are you excited to see Costner sliding in and out of a rural Kansan accent? (laughs) Uh, You know, I think this is an interesting choice. I don't have anything against Kevin Costner that I can think of. He was the bodyguard, right? He makes you feel safe. He was the bodyguard. Uh, I like Costner. I think this is a great role. I think it's fun. He loans a little... American gravitas, I guess, sure. to the role, if you will. I mean, he, of course, he's not a great actor or anything. But as Superman's dad, yeah, I bet he can deliver some pretty sappy lines. Well, and my my concern is that we're getting yet another origin story. A, a superhero origin, why do we need it? It's Superman. Who doesn't know Superman's origin? Yeah, but don't you have to if you're starting over? I guess. I mean, they have to separate this from the last movie, which as removed as I am from it now, I can finally say it was terrible. Well, it wasn't terrible. It was terrible. But one good scene where he catches the plane. Everything that else was pretty awesome. <laughs> but like, are they going to like age them with makeup and stuff, or are they going to be you know youngish? Kevin Costner's not exactly young, but Henry Cavill is also not exactly a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> you I assume. Know? I assume we're going to make him look a little older. You know, dust him mm. up or something. We'll see. Get I a mean, gray in there. They're and good. Costner's, they're good actors. Costner's getting old. He's old enough to be Cavill's dad. Yeah, but Diane Lane is not very old at all, I don't think. I think think Diane Lane is suspiciously old. She's just been in too many, like, Diane Lane gets her groove back movies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's official. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I like to call him JGL, will be playing Alberto Falcone in The Dark Knight Rises. What do you think, Matt? Is he the holiday killer? I don't think they can touch holiday. I like that he's Alberto Falcone. I think the idea is going to be that he's the new mob boss taking over from where his dad left off. I can't remember. Did his dad die or is he still around? No, his dad went to prison That's in right. uh, Batman Begins. That's right. So I assume he's going to be picking up his father's crime empire. Now, maybe they could tie holiday into it a little bit, but the best part about holiday was the fact that Batman thought it was 
all of the villains in his rogues yeah. gallery. Yeah. And mean, he I... went one by one in the story, which was the long Halloween, where we got to see all, you know, the rogues gallery and stuff. And I don't, they can't do that here. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I got all excited thinking about a big screen version of the long Halloween, but part of what made the long Halloween so awesome was seeing the different interpretation, the Tim Sale's different interpretations of uh, the different villains. Um, and yeah, you just, you can't do that in the the world of the Christian Bale Batman. No. There, there are no superpowers. Solomon Grundy does not exist. <laughs> Switching gears to Spider-Man, during an interview with the Retro Radio podcast, C. Thomas Howell accidentally let slip that the Lizard is going to be the new villain in the upcoming Spider-Man movie. We know that Reese Ifans, and I hope that's how you say his name, is playing Dr. Reese Kirk- Ifans? You mean Ifans. Danny Deckchair? Danny Deckchair will be playing Dr. Kirk Connors. So this one sounds pretty legit. Joe, do you hope they go with a Jurassic Park Velociraptor route or more of a Land of the Lost Slee stack here? Clever girl. <laughs> I'm kind of terrified. You threw me off guard. Shoot her! <laughs> Shoot her! Uh, I'm kind of terrified that they go with some sort of mindless animal version of the lizard. My favorite version of the lizard is the crafty, human-hating, lizard-wearing a lab coat. <laughs> Especially, yeah, the latest lizard that we've seen has been yeah, that so was good. good. That was fun, too, but he had, like, luscious flowing hair, and I didn't really dig that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and he's somehow turning people into lizards. He's affecting their lizard brain. It's weird. But we're digressing. I, I want I want a super cheesy, comic booky lizard man in pants. I don't want a, a, a savage beast you know, that's kind of, that's what yeah, I want. I kind of need the lab coat yeah. torn off him and stuff, you know. That's what sets the lizard apart from any other kind of dumb animal villain. I think regardless, the CG here will save it. And it'll, it's probably going to look really cool. Hoping I mean, so. I would hope so. Because it's one that's really hard to get wrong. Hey, at least it's not Venom. True dat. And finally, the first picture of Adrienne Palicki as Wonder Woman hit the net this week. And man, is it something. Oh, jeez. Matt, is this how you pictured the Amazon princess? Yeah, it's funny because I thought Adrian Palicki was attractive. I watched Friday Night Lights and I had kind of a crush on her. She was sort of the small town slut that slept with everybody <laughs> on the football team. And uh, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This looks like when Greg Horn used to computer paint costumes yeah. onto underwear models and call it art. I had to look at it more than once to make sure it wasn't fake. Yeah, I thought it was fake. I mean, she's obviously wearing a wig. A terrible one at that. Well, I don't know if she's wearing a wig because she's shown up at, like, Hollywood events recently with dark hair. Well, then they did something to her hair to make it it's look all, so fake. It's all teased out, yo. Oh, God, uh, it's terrible. But, yeah, it's super plasticky, shiny, latexy, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's reminiscent. It's sort of it's sort of a mix between the classic Wonder Woman costume with the eagle or the gold Wonder Woman logo and the current power suit version uh power businesswoman uh pants suit that she's wearing in the current wonder woman comics it looks to me like basically what they tried to do was get as much of the costume as they could to keep nerds excited about this seeing as there's so much negative buzz about the bad script and the stupid idea for the story (laughs) but they went with just a little too much you know i'm getting a little too close to the actual outfit which would look ridiculous on anyone exactly I mean, just watch, look at any cosplayer at C2E2 this weekend. <laughs> you can see plenty of pictures of them. Like, I'm going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. They tried, and it's it could have been so much worse. At least she's got a costume. But this, it, it's off. And we'll 
try to get it posted up on our Facebook page so that you can take a look at it at home. You'll have to judge it for yourself. It's it's something about it. It just doesn't sit right in my nerd brain. I'm not excited. I'm not excited either. Unless you live under a rock, you probably heard that the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, better known as C2E2, is happening this weekend. So let's dive right into the underchlorinated wading pool of convention headlines. <laughs> Marvel Comics hit convention goers with an avalanche of news, starting with the announcement of the creators of this summer's Daredevil and Punisher relaunches as part of their Big Shots initiative. On Saturday, Marvel announced that writer Mark Wade and artists Paolo Rivera and Marcos Martin would be the new creative team on Daredevil. Matt, Hornhead is kind of your guy. What do you think? I was a little freaked out at first when I read this because, I don't know, I a writer like Mark Wade, who's a guy I, I love unabashedly, I put as an Avengers writer. I see him as more of a big superhero, cosmic. Big, bright, shiny superheroes. Right. That's what Mark Wade is primarily known for. Yeah, and he's great at it. <clears throat> now, he can also write dark. If you've read his Incorruptible and yeah. his Irredeemable, uh, there, very he puts dark out a stuff. series. He put out a series through Boom. Potter's Field. Potter's Field. Potter's Field was excellent. That is about investigating John Doe murders. Yeah, and this is straight up street level stuff. Yeah. And after, like, right after I, I jumped from Mark Wade, who wrote books like Superman Birthright, I immediately remembered that he has done some of the street level stuff. And in the interview that he gave right after the panel he was on, he actually made it sound like it's going to be really interesting. He brought up how Daredevil's been pretty much kicked around. For the last 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, When you think about it. I don't know it, what else could bad could happen to him. Yeah. When you think about the sheer length of time that Matt Murdock's life has been a complete yeah. disaster. It's a miracle that that guy did not eat a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. But at the same time, he says he's not going to ratchet up the happiness and we're, suddenly we're going to see Daredevil swinging around smiling and talking yeah. to kids. It's still going to be a little darker, but we're going to see a noticeable shift in tone and yep. it's time. We're going to been as, 10 years of this it's as time. he put it as he put it you know uh, there's a scale on the far end of the spectrum you've got books like uh, the punisher and uh, daredevil that sort of thing and then on the opposite end you've got the bright shiny happy books like the superman titles that kind of thing right we're just gonna ratchet it up a little bit towards the superhero side while still keeping it safely on the grim and dark end of the spectrum the old hornhead you've gotten used to that's right the second Marvel Big Shots announcement was that writer Greg Rucka, former DC writer Greg Rucka, <laughs> and artist Marco Chichetto, or Chichito, would be taking over what Rucka calls a back-to-basics Punisher title. Does this mean no more Frankencastle, Joe? Man, I love Frankencastle. I loved it too, but <laughs> let's be honest, I don't need Frankencastle in my monthly Punisher book. You know, I did appreciate the attempt uh, by Matt Fraction and later Rick Remender to bring Punisher into the Marvel Universe. For so long, he was a part of the Marvel Universe, but they just had him going after drug dealers and slavers and that sort of guy. Real-world criminals, which is fine, but why isn't he ever going after Dr. Octopus? And that's the sort of stories that Remender and Fraction tried to bring us. We got to the extreme end of that with Frank and Castle, <laughs> where the Marvel Universe hit the Punisher in a big way. I do think it's time to revert him back, kind of get him back to what he's best at. Rucka's the perfect writer for this. Yeah, I think this is a great idea, too. I still think that he can live comfortably in the Marvel Universe, and he can kill supervillains. They've, they've established that we can write those stories. I really like 
Chichetto or Chichito as well. <laughs> Let's what just I've go seen with Chichetto. <laughs> I'm going to go with Chichito because it's more fun to say. <laughs> yeah. I really like Chichito as well. And Marco I think... Chichito. Now, here's my question here. The real question. Is this a coup? Is this Rucka leaving D.C.? Is this a middle finger to D.C.? Dude, Rucka left D.C. a year ago. I know he did, but he said he was leaving to pursue his own stuff, write novels, work on Queen and Country. Well, how much time did you think he needed to take? I'm just saying this is certainly not his own stuff, and he's not marching back to the D.C. office to write more superhero stuff. Yeah, that's true. Is it a coup? Uh, I think you could look for conspiracy theories and... And subtle middle fingers between companies all day long, and it gets in the way of enjoying the stories for me. So I don't really care. I'm happy Ruckus on the Punisher. I think it's gonna be great, and I really love this artist. Fair enough. In other Marvel creator announcements, British pop sensation Robbie Williams. I don't think it's British pop sensation Robbie. I think it's just Rob Williams, different Rob, guy. So Rob Robin Williams, <laughs> star of. I don't think it's Robin Williams either, dude. (laughs) All right. Rob Williams, writer of Class War from Comics and the new writer of Doc and Dark Wolverine. And Matthew Clark, artist of the latest canceled Doom Patrol series, will be the creative team on a new retooled ongoing Ghost Rider series. Matt, what's going to be different this time? Uh, It sounds like here Williams is going to be doing sort of a – a curse of the Ghost Rider story where it's no longer – for a while here, I read the Jason Aaron Ghost Rider and it wasn't bad. I liked it more than, say, some of the Garth Ennis Ghost Rider stuff. But I got kind of tired of the super tough guy Ghost Rider where I'm <laughs> sort of the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, which I really don't need. This sounds like – according to the interview they did, it sounds like it's going to be both Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch trying to rid themselves of the curse of the Ghost Rider. Because if you think about it... It's kind of a drag. Yeah, I mean, total bummer. You run yeah. around chasing demons and doing horrible stuff for one of Marvel's devils. I don't know who. But it's a bum deal. Being Ghost Rider probably sucks, and it sounds like they want to try and get rid of it. Now, I'm sure they're not going to, because that would be bad for sales. But... The end. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like a pretty interesting twist. Now, I, I came on to Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider late. Um, it was already, gosh a year or so in before I started to read and I loved it. Uh, reading it all at once, I think was a different experience than reading it monthly. And so I didn't really have a chance to get tired of it. I, I think though that this kind of takes the idea and put it on its head a little bit instead of them running around, you know, at everyone's beck and call, they are actively working for themselves, trying to get their lives on track. And I'm, I think that can make for some fun stories. Yeah. It should be fun. And I'm all I'm all ready for a good monthly ghostwriter book. Yeah. It's been a while. The first step is admitting you have a problem. During the Fear Itself panel on Saturday, Nick Spencer announced that he was only writing the Fear Itself tie-in issues of Secret Avengers and that nerds would not believe would be taking over the title next. OMG. Joe, are you going to squeal when Marv Wolfman leaves <laughs> DC to take over this title? Oh, boy. Will you finally admit I'm right about creators fleeing DC to go work at the greener pastures at Marvel? Marv Wolfman? Well, is... obviously I'm being funny. <laughs> no offense, Marv Wolfman. I still love you. You know, I'm curious. Who could it be? What if it's Greg Rucka? Uh, I mean, they do have him now, it sounds like. and you know... I. Espionage, that's kind of in his wheelhouse. I would not hate a Greg Rucka Secret Avengers, especially if he handled it more like a Queen and Country book, where it was more espionage and sort of almost like had a military feel, and the team was given orders and they carried out their orders. I think it should be stated for the record that it's not a sure thing that Greg Rucka is the No, it's not. We're to, we're, I mean, this is just... We're, we're spitballing. We're spitballing here, folks. It's... Uh, Big things coming down the line, according to Nick Spencer, should be good. And finally, from Marvel, writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Mark Bagley, the creative team of Ultimate Spider-Man, 
announced a new bi-monthly creator-owned series, Brilliant, coming to Marvel's Icon imprint this July. During the Cup of Joe panel on Saturday, Bendis described Brilliant as being a comic book about college students that invent superpowers while in school. Sort of a social network if Mark Zuckerberg programmed himself to fly and shoot lasers. Matt, are we excited? And when are you going to finish school? Okay, I'm, I'm working on it, all right? Dad, thanks. Um... What are you gonna? I do? am excited. What are you gonna do with your life? I am excited. I've I've really enjoyed Scarlet. I've really enjoyed Takio. I kind I, of enjoy Scarlet. Oh, it's fun. I think it's a new. T- I like what he's doing. It's an experiment on breaking the fourth wall, and it's really it's fun. I like where he's going. It's with definitely it. different. But I like Bendis. I, I like Bendis in Bendis's own playground, doing whatever he wants. He's already proved that Powers is one of the best comic books out there, and I think this should be fun too. I mean, if anybody can crank out a good looking book when they're not working at DC, it's Mark Bagley. <laughs> He can nail it for some reason at Marvel. Not sure why he can't do it at DC, though. Well, DC, there were a number of problems. But everything I've seen from Bagley since he's come back to Marvel, uh, covers and preview art and, and that sort of thing. Really looks have great. looked really great. Yeah, like back to the Bagley we know. Yeah, and I think that this sounds like a great idea. Uh, you know, college kids under pressure to produce or, or come up with great ideas. Uh, stumbling upon the idea, the formula for superpowers, that sounds great. Yeah, fun stuff. I, I'm excited for this one. That's coming this July from Marvel Icon. Now it's time for the big DC announcements. Joe, what were those DC announcements? Did I miss something? Um, was DC there? As of now, I'm saying Marvel won the convention. <laughs> Marvel won the last convention. Marvel seems to win <laughs> a lot of the conventions these days. Listen, I love DC so much. And it pains me to see them coming to these big shows and having nothing to say. I mean, really? What is there to get excited about here? I mean, like, hey, Flashpoint's coming. Yeah, yeah, we knew that. We have a story going right War now. War of the Green Lanterns is pretty cool, right, You're going to have to read it to find out. Yeah. Uh, well, we're already on board, so. They, they've, they are holding these panels just to say that they can't say. Sorry, can't say. Do you think they're saving it for San Diego? San Diego I mean, that's like, months from now, isn't it? I know. It? it seems like DC came to this show just to talk about... Books that are already going and to and to tell fans to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see. That is not what these panels are for. Yeah. Marvel came in and knocked it out of the park. Now, to be fair, DC did announce that Chris Burnham, artist of Batman Incorporated, which I'm not really sure what he's done on Batman Incorporated, but they kept calling him that. I think he's uh, upcoming. Okay. He signed an exclusive deal, but other than that, it like we said, a lot of let's get ready for Flashpoint and uh, what do you think of War of the Green Lanterns going on all weekend. Yeah. There was a bit of excitement when fans were pressing Brightest Day editor Eddie Berganza as to whether or not the Swamp Thing would make his return at the White Lantern. And I was freaking out for this one. I wanted Swamp Thing. <laughs> I want Swamp Thing back so bad. And it's not just me. It sounds like a ton of fans were asking Swamp Thing yeah. questions all weekend. It was a strong rumor that Swamp Thing was definitely tied to Brightest Day with the whole um, forest uh, thing it makes in sense. Star City. It's and, the perfect way and, to reintroduce him. But it sounds like Berganza yeah. and the other guys went, oh, yeah, that would have been a great idea. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. But it is somebody that's going to freak you out. Yep. Uh, Berganza quickly stamped out the hopes, and it seems like DC has no plans in the immediate future for Swamp Thing. This is just tone deaf. This makes DC look absolutely tone deaf. You've got your readers getting up with more exciting ideas that could have been presented that they're just not even touching. Yeah. Now, that is not to say that Brightest Day isn't going to end very well. It could be awesome. Yeah. I, and, and I've been enjoying it. But, man, 
what a perfect chance to bring the Swamp Thing back. Just completely blown. Yeah. And, you know, and I am not down on DC's stories. I think that a lot of their books are very good. But Marvel came, and I'm not saying that these need to be spoiler-filled panels, but Marvel came in with exciting creator announcements, new books. That's what these are for. Where was DC's news? I think more importantly, Marvel does it every time. Yeah. This is, what, third, fourth year in a row yep. that we've both had this discussion where we go, where are the DC announcements? Yeah. And so it's like... Do you need the a PR big news person? At, the big news right now is at DC is that there's a big event coming and a bunch of books are getting canceled. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready, kids, for the excitement. <laughs> 2011. <laughs> Just a reminder, you can read our full-length reviews of Zombie, number one from DC Comics, and Knight and Squire, number six, also from DC, at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Spoiler alert, it's so good. Oh, it really was so good. But now, it's time for the second edition of the Lightning Round, where yes. Joe and I review ten different comics on our buy it, skim it, or leave it scale at speed so fast, it'll blow your hair back. So keep your head and arms inside the ride, nerds, and cue the music. All right, Joe, let's kick this pig. Power Girl, 22. <laughs> Superman and Power Girl punching dinosaurs in the face. It's awesome. This book is so good. Buy it. Hulk, 30.1. Uh, 30.1, jumping on point for new readers. Gabriel Hardiman art is so good, and I'm loving Jeff Parker's Hulk. He made me care about the Red Hulk. Buy it. Speaking of Brightest Day, Brightest Day number 22. 22, 23, if you count the zero issue. Straight issues of awesome. I can't believe DC has maintained the quality on this event for an entire year. Yeah. Coming towards a great conclusion, buy it. Ruse, number one. Oh, the best Sherlock Holmes story that you will read not starring Sherlock Holmes. I love Mark Wade. I love him writing Victorian detectives. Buy it. All the way. Good stuff. Batman, 708. <laughs> Tony Daniel at his finest, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, no. Villain issues. Ooh. David Hine and uh, Gillum March. It's an Azrael story. Why? Are we being punished? It's like they don't even want us to read Batman. Leave it. Iron Man 2.0, number two. Oh, Nick Spencer is your new favorite Marvel writer. I love this book. I love War Machine. And Susie Endo, all over the place. Love the it. The Technomancer. Love it, love it, love it. Buy it. Unwritten, number 23. This comic book makes me feel like I'm such a dummy. I love it. Moby Dick is all up in this piece. Buy it. Yeah, one of the smartest books in the state. Definitely Uncanny X-Men Annual, number three. Oh, uh, an all-in-out Art Adams impersonation in yeah, this book. I, mean, I liked just, it. It's like Art Adams, if he drew people's faces so they looked even more like elves. But not bad. Like, I, at the same time, I couldn't stop looking at it. Uh, kind of a silly story, but it sort of reminded me of some of the 80s annuals. Skip. Thunder Agents, number five. Oh, man, I'll be so sad when this book goes away. No kidding. Uh, one of DC's best. It doesn't seem to tie into the DC Universe, and I don't even care. Uh, buy it. Uncanny X-Force 5.1. Ugh. This book is the meanest, nastiest X-Book out there. I love it so much. The art by Raphael Albuquerque. Albuquerque. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. This is it, another jumping on issue. Buy it. I, you know what? I thought the art seemed a little off. Rushed. Still a buy. I just noticed it. I thought they were going for that. That's the lightning round, folks. As always, let us know. And if you've got any comics you want to discuss, you can do so on our Facebook page, where you can also be a fan too, at a nerd and read some show notes. We want to know what you guys are reading, so let us know. Now let's take a look at the comics we're excited about for the week of Wednesday, March 23rd. Joe, what are you looking forward to? There are a ton of good books coming next week. Yeah. 
Huge week. Uh, but I have to say the most highly anticipated one is FF1 by Jonathan Hickman and Steve Epting. I cannot wait to read this book. And we're Future Foundation, not Fantastic Four anymore. How do you That's feel right. about that? Uh, you know, I feel good. Uh, there is a very <laughs> coincidental period of time in between FF1 and what would have been Fantastic Four 600. It's exactly 12 issues. Oof. So, the speculation is that this is gearing up towards a Fantastic Four 600 hoopla, but uh, I think the Future Foundation idea is genius. I love it, too. Love I it. love the matching uniforms and all the kids running around with them. And Spidey I, there. Love uh, it. I'm super excited. Matt, what about you? I am excited for Hellraiser number one, which Wait. I was told we have to call Heckraiser. We can't say that. this is a clean, clean podcast. podcast. Boom Studios Heckraiser number one. I was a <laughs> huge fan of the old Hellraiser books. I loved Hellraiser one, two, and four. Three was really bad. <laughs> but this is Clive Barker returning to write these stories, and he's the guy who created the Cenobites, who were kind of like super villain horror characters, really. Is he actually I mean, writing this comic? He is credited. His name's right up there by Clive Barker, Christopher Monfett, Larry Wachowski, one of the Wachowski siblings, Leonardo Manco, Tim Bradstreet, Nick Percival. A lot of great names on this one. There are a lot of names, for sure. Yeah, I want to love this book. I'm super excited for it. comes out this Wednesday, 40 pages, and I think it's only $3.99. What is that, Boom? Boom Studios. They make good books. They absolutely do. Looking forward to Hellraiser number one. Set it again. And that music must mean it's time to ask a nerd once again where you guys write in your nerdy questions and we do our best to answer them for you. This week's question comes from Ryan via our Facebook page and ties directly into the C2E2 announcements. Ryan was also hoping that Swamp Thing was going to be our new White Lantern. But it looks like Eddie Berganza squashed that one right out for us. So, question is... Who's going to be the White Lantern? Joe, who do you think? All right, this is kind of out there, but I think Ra's al Ghul might somehow be connected. I don't hate that. Now, bear in mind, think back. Ra's al Ghul's whole deal was that he wanted to protect the Earth, to cleanse it. Yeah, he's an eco-terrorist. To kind of bring it back to its virginal state. And I think that with the kind of weird, sort of bad, but still mostly good White Lantern. You know, he's vaporizing people, uh, plugging them out of their lives, etc., etc. Yeah. I think it's not a stretch to think that he will, it will choose Ra's al Ghul as the guy most suited to protect the Earth. I like that pick, too. I'm still a little devastated that we're not bringing Swamp Thing back, but Get DC has proved time and time again that they don't care what their readers think. Not what you think. <laughs> Especially not what I think, that's for certain. I don't know. I mean, we saw kind of a blacked out image of someone with a pointy beard. and That's where my Rachel Ghoul thing came from. It's either Rachel Ghoul or Blue Devil. Weird. <laughs> and Blue Devil has always has his trident, so it's probably not him. No. And if they do pick Blue Devil, wow, do I not care. And I love that character. <laughs> I've noticed that you have not answered the question. Yeah, I admit, I'm totally destroyed that it's not Swamp Thing. I thought this would have been a golden opportunity to bring him back. Eddie Braganza hates me, so he's not doing it. <laughs> I like the Rochelle Ghoul pick. I think it's interesting and it makes for an interesting story because you have a very evil character with a whole lot of power that is essentially trying to do a good thing. Like yeah. I could see Wonder Woman even agreeing with some of what he has to say about the sure. environment and stuff. Well, they did say that uh, the the chosen one is somebody we've seen before 
And I think specifically in the pages, in the pages of Brightest Day. Which Have we might, seen Ra's al Ghul there? I don't think so. I don't remember. But it's been a, a year, so I don't recall. It just better At not be Boston time, Brand. I don't remember. I really um, don't care if it's Boston Brand. The Ring flat out told Boston Brand, you are not the one. That's why I don't want it to be him, because that's just bad writing, misdirection, and then he's going to be like, you are a live man now, <laughs> instead of so, dead man. The official position of Two-Headed Nerd is that it's, Maybe Rachel Ghoul, but really we don't know what we're talking about. So we're calling our shot on this one. Rachel Ghoul will definitely be the interesting pick. So yeah. we'll go with that. As always, if you've got a question for us, you can post it to us on our Facebook page where we're always happy to answer your nerdy questions. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for the tenth edition of the two-headed nerd yes. comic cast. Now, I, I gotta admit here, folks, we're not recording in the comic shop this week. We wanted to wait an extra day to get as many C2E2 headlines as we could to be responsible comic book journalists and producers to you. So we're recording in my basement. That's why it sounds a little funny, a little different. But if you like what you heard... It's ambiance. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes where we desperately need your star ratings and reviews and we're willing we'll to do... We'll do anything. Anything for them. <laughs> that was disgusting. If you can't wait for next week's episode, head on over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan and respond to our question of the week, which is, which bit of C2E2 news has you most excited? You can also submit Ask a Nerd questions or ask for a recommended reading suggestions, which I think should be coming up here in another week or two. That's right. Next week, get ready for more required reading. And if you still need more, you can follow us on Twitter at TwoHeadedNerd. Or send an email to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. You can follow my comic speculator blog where I write about comics new and old at worthpoint.com and follow me on Twitter at Matt Baumstein. Find updates to my webcomic at goodplusonline.com. Follow us on Twitter at goodplusonline and follow me at JoePatrick116. And as always, you can find all things two-headed and nerdy, including our reviews and blog style and new share button. That's right. We, we need you to get on our website Find the episode, click that share button, spread the gospel. We're too lazy to do the work, so we're asking you to do it. It's kind of gauche if we do it. <laughs> it's true. We need the fans to respond. Of course, you know I'm talking about TwoHeadedNerd.com. So until next time, True Believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Ciao.